0: We all know that Seder night is a night of questions and answers. The Torah, in fact, sets it out that way. The Torah, when describing what will happen in the future, HaKadosh Baruch himself writes, ki When your son will someday ask you these questions of, what are we doing? The carbon Pesach, the Abedat what's going on? And you're supposed to tell them, tell Olavincha, you should tell your son in response the story of Sipri Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. Raputner points out something really fascinating that in Hallel, the capital which deals with Yitzhak Mitzrayim, B'Tsais is showing Mitzrayim, Beis Yaakov, Mamlae's, Haishid In that capital, we find something very rare in Sefer Tilim that there is actually a question and an answer. Malachayam Kisanus, Hayar dein Tisayv Lachar. Half of the capital is formatted, B'Derach Sheilo Chuva. Because that is what Separatism time is all about. There's questions and there's answers. And the question, of course, is why does it have to be this way? Why can't it just be a lecture? Why can't the father just sit at Seder night at the head of the table without any questions, without fielding uh, questions from the children? Just tell us what happened. Sit down and give us story time. Tell us what happened on the way out of Egypt. And that should be good enough. Why need it be B'derach Sheilot Shuvah? Why is this such a an integral part of the Mitzvah salaila of Sipriot, Seis, It's not just telling it over, but it must be B'derach Sheilot Shuvah to the extent that the Gemara tells us that if you don't have a child, then your wife should ask you, and if you don't have a wife or you're sitting alone, you should ask it to yourself. Why the stress on questions and answers? I think the simple answer to that would be that there's really no substitute in terms of a teaching technique Then opening up the floor to questions or asking questions to others. I remember when I was a a freshie rebbe before I came here some 18 years ago, 19 years ago. So I was a a rebbe in a high school in a 12th grade and I had a, a small... Class, and they were perhaps not the the Mitsuyanim, and uh, they're all amazing boys, in case there, any of them are watching, and today they're Mitsuyanim after they had me as a but um, they were not an easy class to handle, and the, the menal told me as such that, you know, just maybe you want to wear a football helmet when you come into the classroom, they're a little bit rough, and I basically uh, told them that the way we're going to work this is I'm going to read the Gemara. I know you have maybe very little interest in hearing me read the Gemara, but I'm going to once in a while skip a word in a Gemara, in a Rashi, and a Taisus, and if you get that word that I skipped, then you're going to get $5. And... Um, $5 back then was a lot of money, I guess. And I had them literally glued to their seats. They were just waiting for me to skip that word, which, of course, I never did. But I'm joking. Sometimes I did, but then I double or nothing did, and I, I had a way of getting out of it. But, um, and they were sitting like this. Like, they, I had a group of stiflers in my class all of a sudden. And the principal, the Manal, like, used to pass by the hallway, like, expecting to duck, and, you know, he looked into the classroom and he saw how, you know, they were sitting on the edge of their seats. Because sometimes when you bribe somebody or when you ask them questions, when you have a contest, when you have something that's exciting, when you pose a question, the juices start flowing. There's a competitiveness and there's a, an interest, there's a mystery to a question. And we like mysteries. And so when a child asks the father a question, the father is intrigued and the son is intrigued. When the father asks the children questions, it creates a, a bond of generations. It creates a, a, a beautiful embrace, an intellectual embrace between a, a father and a child, between a, a Rebbe and a Talmud, So many shiurim have different styles in yeshivas. Some have a a lecture style, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And then there are some more interactive shiurim that the Rebbe encourages questions, or the Rebbe himself asks Talmudim questions. And that's a a shiur that's, I think, alive. It comes alive. It becomes animated through questions and answers. And the Torah knew this the Torah understood that if you want to get your child really excited, really enthusiastic about understanding what happened on the Lerah there, the absolute best technique is to open it up to questions. Let him ask you questions, you ask them questions. And by doing so, it it creates an air of excitement and freshness. You gotta tell Levincha. You should tell it over to your child. But Dafka Chuva. Rav used to say that we say at the end of Magid that Seder night was a night that went It went from darkness to a great light. And Rav says that's why we ask b'Derekh Shelo Chuva, because when a person has a question. He's cloaked in darkness, and when you're able to give an answer, it's an argadol. You provide light, you give light all of a sudden to dark eyes. And that's no doubt the simple answer to why the argadol was expected to be B'der Sheh Chuba, because there's no greater way of encouraging intellectual stimulation than that. I think on a deeper level, I'd like to say that all the questions and answers at the Seder are really to get to one major question. Questions and answers, the the fact that the Torah couched at B'der Sheh tshuva means that the tire really wants to get to one question. The tire really wants to answer the question that has plagued mankind since man was born. Any thinking individual really has a question that should haunt him day and night. And that's a question of why am I here? HaKadosh Baruch created the world. Why did he create the world? And why did he put me in the world? Rav Nachman Breslovitz said that he used to say that on the day that a person is born, it's because HaKadosh Baruch decided that this world was incomplete without him. Every single person on their birthday, there's a good reason to make a party, because it means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu felt that I was necessary in this world. But why am I necessary in this world? Shouldn't we all want to know the answer to that? Why did God create this world, Bechlal, and why did he make me befrat? This is a question that should really bother us. Was it so that we should eat ice cream, so we should have pizza so that we should play ball, that we should, uh, why Hashem make me? What, what, why? What's my purpose in life? I normally don't like quoting anybody but G'dayl Yisrael, but I saw an incredible quote from Albert Einstein, and I wanted to share it with you. Listen to what he says. He's, he's a yid and he's a Chacham, and listen to what he he said once. I once thought that if I could ask God one question, I would ask how the universe began, because once I knew that, all the rest is simply equations. But as I got older, I became less concerned with how the universe began Rather, I would want to know why he started the universe. For once I knew that answer, then I would know the purpose of my own life. Why not a who create the world? What was the Tachlis HaBriah? And if I understand why there's a, a creation that was absolutely necessary for the Rabbi Shalom to do, then I'll be able to understand why I'm here. So people run to and fro. You look at Jews and non-Jews alike, and they're doing all sorts of activities. They're running, and they're working, and they're eating, and they're, and they're sleeping, and they're, they're playing, and they're, and they're doing whatever they're doing. But thinking people have to ask this question. It begs the question, why did Hashem create this world, and why am I here? That's the question that Sipri trying to, is supposed to answer. This isn't really such a Kiddush, what I'm saying, because the Torah itself says this. The Torah itself says that. You should tell your children someday and your grandchildren what I did in Egypt. All of the the miracles that I, I, I performed in Egypt. Why? All so that you should know that I am Hashem. You should know who I am. You should know that I exist. You should understand fully that I created you. And you should find purpose and meaning in your life. That's the greatest shelo Chuva that we could come away from the Seder with. All the other questions and answers are just getting to the real question and answer. It's all just leading up to the existential question Of why am I here? Why did God make me? That's what a child needs to know. It's the Yisrael HaYisrael HaVemunah. Somehow, someway, Sipri Yisrael HaMesrayim was designed, this evening was designed, so that every single child and every single Jew should be able to have the greatest dose of that should last us throughout the entire year until next Pesach. If we do the Seder right, that's the Tachlis. Beyond all of the Mitzvah Halayla, or perhaps because of them, the Matzah and the Maror, the Atikhaiman, the Haggadah, the Magid, the Kiddush, the kito all of these things are props just to be able to understand the ki Kieni Hashem, that question of why did Hashem create the world and why am I here, that question should be crystallized, crystal clear at the end of the night. At the end of the night, we ask one final question Echon mi Who knows one? I know one. Hashem is one. In heaven and earth. That is the final punchline, if you will, of the Haggadah. Always look to the back of the book if you want to know the punchline. If you want to know the tachos of the book, always look at the last page. The last page of the Haggadah, right before Chaggadah, Echad mi yedeiya. That is the that is the final analysis of the haggadah. Understanding that echad aleinu shvashamayim varetz hakadosh baruch hu is one. Hakadosh baruch exists. Hakadosh baruch created heaven and earth and everything in it is from him. That's the adatam ki yashem. That's the tassas of sephirahs of shem. The haggadah al regalachas. If you'd ask me, what's the purpose of the entire haggadah? It's to answer that burning question of Echad Mieideah. Who knows one? Do you know what one is? At the end of the night, when people are dozing off, you already had four cups of wine, it's late at night, and you, 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 you sort of try to wake somebody up and ask them a question, Echad Mieideah, what's one? One is Hashem every Jew fundamentally has to know at the end of the night that one is Hashem in the heaven and the earth who created everything, that is the tachos of the entire night. V'yadatem ki'ani Hashem. And if we get the Seder right, that she'elah will be answered so clearly by our fathers, by the leaders of the Seder, or by us if we are part of the Seder, that it will last us throughout the generations, till the end of time. To our children, to our grandchildren, and to us. That's the Hashem. That's the ultimate question that burns in anything person's mind. You've got to provide a chuva. Tshuva, the entire Seder night is that answer. Of course, we ask many questions on Seder night but it's really for the purpose of answering that one major global cosmic question of man. Why did Hashem create the world, and what am I here for? So let's get to that question. Why did Hashem create the world? Why did Hashem create the world? And the answer is... Found in the Ramban, the most famous Ramban in Chumash by a, a landslide. Ask any mashkiach in the world what's the most famous Ramban. I remember my mashkiach in high school used to tell us we have to know this Ramban Balteh. There's no greater, more important, fundamental Ramban than the Ramban Seif Parashas bai And if you've never seen this Ramban, it's high time that you did And if you've heard it, you're going to hear it differently today. The Ramban asks the question that has bothered so many. Why is it that we need so many constant reminders of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, not just on Seder night? Seder night, it really comes to clusters of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. But throughout the year, every day we put on tzitzit, Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. Fill in. Zeichli tzismon. Mezuzah. Zeichli tzismon shayim. Kiddush. Zeichli Everything is zeichli tzismon Dozens of mitzvahs are zeichli tzismon. Pidgin um, You go down the list. There is there is no shortage. Pesach. Matzah. Maror. Um, everything is zeichli tzismon shayim. Yontif. Shabbos. Everything is zeichli tzismon why do we need so many mitzvahs? What is so great about Yitzhiaz Mitzrayim that we need constant reminders, daily reminders, about Yitzhiaz Mitzrayim? An Yashem Lekech HaMeshor Constantly talking about Yitzhiaz Mitzrayim, discussing, it's one of the, the mitzvahs, one of the zchirahs, to remember Zachar Remember that day. Why is it such an important seminal event in Jewish history that we have to constantly remember? Do we have to remember every day of the year other things? Do we have to remember every day of the year? Do we have to remember... The have to remember there are many things that happened. Do we remember, remember uh, you know, what happened to Sancheirev? Do we remember what happened to Haman? Yitzhiah Mitzrayim is something every day we have to remind ourselves of. Why? So the Ramban so beautifully writes, I wish I could read it with you, maybe I should, but I'm not going to. But he does say in such beautiful words, and it's kidai really, if you want some homework over Ben Azmanim, to learn this Ramban bi'in. Spend time, find a chavrusa, learn with your, whoever you have to learn with, just take them and ask them to learn privately with you this Ramban. The Ramban says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to know that he created the world. Because if he creates the world and nobody knows that he created the world, then what's it for? We have to know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. Not only did he create the world but he continuously runs the world. And this is something that's so key to understanding Emunah is. When I say he runs the world, that means that everything that happens in life happens because the Rabbeinu Shleilam caused it to happen. Everything. Not just the big things. Not just the Nisim HaGidayim for some, as the Ramban says like Yitzias Mitzrayim, like the Eser Makas, like Kriyas Yamsov, those were big, godly endeavors, open miracles. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed in Mitzrayim that he could do. He's in charge of the big things, but the Ramban says you're supposed to extrapolate and understand that if HaKadosh Baruch Hu does those big things, if he could override nature then that means that he also owns nature. He controls nature. Everything that happens, big and small, happens because HaKadosh Baruch wants it to happen. And this is so important for us to understand because so many times we see good things in life and we say that that's because we did it. We earned it and um, you know, I got my degree and I, I worked very hard in school and that's why I became very successful and that's all because of me. And when bad things happen in life, then we start blaming the revenge Shem. I just told my children a story that I read the other day that there was a person who was in a, uh, a business meeting, very important meeting in Manhattan, and he had a... Um, he had to... Uh, get some fresh air in the middle of the meeting and he went upstairs to the roof of the building and he went outside and the door locked behind him. And so here he was on a roof of a building in midtown Manhattan. He had to desperately get back to the meeting so he, you know, takes out his, he's about to take out his phone to call somebody to open the door for him at the meeting and then he remembers that he left the phone on the desk of the meeting. So now he's in trouble because no one can hear him. He's banging on the door, but everybody's like a floor or two below. They can't hear him. And so the next thing that he could do is he looks down he starts hollering down, but they can't hear him on the the ground for somebody to know to open the door for him because he's, uh, you know, 50 floors up. So what he does is he has like a few coins in his pocket. And he starts throwing coins. He sees a person walking down the street. It looks like an ant. And he drops it, and the coin hits the guy's head and falls to the ground, and the guy picks it up and says, wow, great. And he keeps walking. And then another guy walks, you know. he drops this one, drops right in front of him. Nobody looks up. He does this like 10, 15 times. Nobody looks up. And then he says, this is crazy. I'm never going to get out of here. So what he does is he takes a rock. Off of the off of the roof floor, the rooftop floor, and that he chucks down on, and it hits a guy in the head. And he looks up and he says, "Hey, who did that?" That's how we are in life. When things are good, when I get a job and I get a shit up and I have a baby and I have a, and I get a promotion and I and I, I win the lottery and everything good is happening. That's all me. That's me. When bad stuff happens, oh, the rabbinic shalom, you don't know what you're doing to me. We believe suddenly we find faith in the rabbinic shalom in bad times. Because it's so easy to blame God when things aren't going our way. Then we all of a sudden understand that, you know, God is in control. But when things are going well, it's, you know, it's, it's not, we don't need a rabbinic shalom. So we don't need to look up. We just go about our business. You know, the story about a guy who was uh, he was, uh, he was like a kite fairy. he didn't believe in God, and he, um, he was driving around back to the streets of Manhattan, and he was saying he needed to get a parking spot desperately to get into a meeting, and he said, if there is a God in this world, find me a parking spot. You know, in Manhattan, it's impossible to find a parking spot. And all of a sudden, right in front of the building, a, a car starts slipping out of his spot, and so the guy says, Never mind, God, I got one myself. And I found this spot all on my own. That's the way we are. Everything that happens good, it's our doing. The rabbinic Shalom wants us to have a munah in everything. Not just in bad times, but in good times. Everything that happens is from him. In good times, and bad times. when things, when you... Get a job, and when Rahman Utsan you lose a job. When you find a shidduch, or Rahman when the shidduch that you thought was going to work out didn't work out. When you're able to be healthy, and Rahman Utsan when you're sick. By simchas, and by minan, by non simchas. Everything that happens in our life is from the Rabban Ashkelam. When you're able to understand this, Life is a pure pleasure. Life is joy. Life is happiness because you're not blaming everything. You're not upset. You're not angry. You realize that whatever happens is for a real reason. There is a, a, a Rabbanu Shalom in the world, and the Rabbanu Shalom decides my fate. If it's good, if it's bad, that's fine because the Rabbanu Shalom ultimately knows what's good for me. This is such a critical piece of the puzzle of life, and nobody realizes it. People, if we would know what emuna is, if we would really be able to be ma'aminim, b'nei maminim as we should be, life would look so different. We would never be upset. We would never be despondent. We would never be angry. We would never blame and have bad feelings towards our families, towards our friends, towards our rabbanim, towards our community, towards our rabbeim, to- because everything is from the rabbinic there's, no, there's nothing that's, that happens that's bad if you have real amunah. Real amunah means, for good or for bad, everything is from the rabbinic Well, what do I want? The rabbinic just spared me by causing this to happen. He spared me a, a, a big thing, a big calamity that might have potentially happened had I, had I done this. All this is the legacy of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is learned, says the Ramban, from Mitzvah's Mitzvahim. Because HaKadosh Baruch doesn't do miracles constantly. He doesn't want to do miracles constantly. That's not part of the master plan. He can't do miracles constantly, not because he can't. He can, but he doesn't want to, because that would ruin the whole game of life with Bechira. If everything was miraculous, open miracles, right, and left, no one would have questions of Emunah. And part of life is questioning and coming to resolutions. So, Akir made a one time amazing event called Yitzhak Mitzrayim. He's not going to ever repeat that again. And if we're able to really understand that Yitzhak Mitzrayim happened and believe it, believe it, and I'm saying that because many people actually don't believe it, many people think that it's a fairy tale but if you believe that it really happened, that the Makas really happened, they all happened, that Kriyasyams of the sea actually split in two, that happened. If you believe that, then you'll believe that there's a God that can do anything big and small, and you'll be happy. You'll go through life with pshuta, believing that everything that happens for the good, that there's no bad. I'm not looking at what my friend has. I don't care which vacation he's going to, which Pesach program he's going to, how much money he's making. I don't care. Because the rabbinic gave him those things because that's what the rabbinic Shalom felt that he needed. And the rabbinic gave me my things because that's what he felt that I needed. I have the tools to get through my life accordingly and he has the tools that he needs to get through his life. And what I have is not his, what he has is not mine and I'm not living for somebody else. And he's not living for me. I'm just trying to do my own personal job as being the best person, human being, ever Hashem as I could be. This is the legacy of Yetzirah's Mitzvahim. This is what it is. And the Ramban writes so clearly the answer to Einstein's question. He says, He <laughs> The kavanas is kala mitzvahs, The Kavana of this mitzvah, of that mitzvah of all mitzvahs, Shinnamin Bellleekao, that we should believe in Hashem, the Noida Ay of and to acknowledge and to thank him for creating us. The Hi Kavana Remember what Einstein wanted to know? I would want to know why he started the universe. He should have looked in the Ramban. This Ramban answers this question. You know why he started the universe? There's no other reason. Philosophers have racked their brains for millennia trying to figure out the kavanas hayitzira. Why did Hashem do this? Why did Hashem create this galaxy? Why did Hashem create our planet Earth for what? The ain la elyim b'tachtaynim chifetz. The truth is, Akedah Shmuel has no need for us. Chutz, nolvadze, except for this. Sheyeda haadam, v'yayde leleikav shebaru. Shebaru. Except for this reason, really two reasons. Number one, sheyeda that we should know that there is a God. Sheyeda haadam and to acknowledge and to thank Him for creating me. That's my tachlis abriya. That's the reason why HaKadosh Proch created the world and He created me. Why? So that I should know that He exists without abriya, without HaKadosh Proch created creating universe, creating planet Earth, creating Kal Yisrael, creating me... Who would know that he exists? Maybe some angels, but who would really, with B'chira, believe that he exists? So Hashem created planet Earth with human beings, mortals, so that we should know that he exists. Not only know, acknowledge that he exists. Thank him for creating me. That's the Tachlis in a nutshell. Echad Mieidea, Echad HaMieidea, Echad Al-Keynish Vashem HaMari, HaKadosh is one. Heaven, Earth, He li- he dwells in Heaven, but He's very much present on Earth. In everything that happens, I acknowledge Him, I say, Baruch Hashem, Amir Tz Hashem, Hashem Ketayv, no matter what happens, good or bad, And then thank him for creating you. The Ramban continues. It's like an addictive Ramban. I would like to stop, but I can't. And this is the understanding of why we daven. We daven so many times. Three times a day at least. Going to shul, shachris, mincha, Shachris minchamayev. Shachris minchamayev. Why? Why do we call out Ta Kaddish in our tefillahs? Kavanas es bateknei siyais. Why do we have to make minyanim? Zehu Sheya levnei adam makayim yiskabzu v'yaydu lokel shabarum. Shul is an instrument. Tefillah b'tzibur is merely an instrument that we have a place to gather and to express our thanksgiving to the Rabbi Nishtham that He created us. The made us, the Ephars and to publicize this in Shu'l, to publicize this through davening so many times, the Yaymru Lefanab, and to declare before Him, anachnu. we are your creatures. You created us. We believe that you created us. We believe you designed a world for us. We believe that everything and anything that happens in this world is for me. That's the fundamental of faith that the mitzvahs of Sipri, Yishez, afford every Jew daily. The epicenter of all of this emunah, all this pent-up emunah in the Bria... Is Le'el Haseder, the night of Seder, where we really double down on all the mitzvahs of Zaikilitz Mitsaiim. That's really filling up our gas tanks with Amuna, with the purest of Amuna. Not the 87 Amuna, not the night, but the real the real not the 89, not the the 93 Amuna, the real purest form of Amuna, the most expensive gas we fill up our tanks with on Seder night. Really expensive gas. Somebody just sent me a, a text with one of these cute things It says, How did, you know how, how is it possible that you could buy a a, a goat for two zuzim when macaroons cost me eight ninety nine? You know, it's, that things are very expensive, say tonight. Why are we doing this? Why are we paying thirty dollars a pound for matzus? You know why? The It's worth every penny. Because what we're doing is we're filling up our tanks with a munap that there's a rabbi in the world. Now, you might think to say, what's the chiddush of this shmuz? Doesn't everybody know this? No. Not everybody knows this. If everybody knows this, then we wouldn't need to say their night. Revolbi once went to Rabchatzko Levinstein, the great Mashkiach of Mashkichim and Revolvi was schmoozing with him about topics of Musar, and the last question that Revolvi asked, that, that Revolvi asked Rukhatzko was, I'm going back to my yeshiva now. Tell mashgiach, please tell me what I should, what should be the message that I'm giving over to the bachim. And this wasn't Pesach, this was Islam. You know what Revolvi said to say to the bachim and the yeshiva when he goes back? He says, tell them, that there is a rabbi nesham in the world. Revolvi was okay. I, I think they might know that they're in yeshiva. They're learning Gemara three starim a day. They're they're big lamdanim. They're, they're they daven three times a day. But yet, Reb Chatzko Levinstein felt that the greatest message that Revolvi, the great the Ali Shur, in his great yeshiva in Ber-Yakiru, which is not a it's not a it's not a shvach yeshiva. It's a real. Ivy League Yeshiva, the greatest message and the most important fundamental message to give is that there's a God in the world. Echad 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 That is not a layup. It's not a given. A person could put on tefillin every day, a person could daven three times a day, a person give tzedakah, get married, have a family, send them to Yeshiva, take a little of an egg and not know that there's a Ravinishlam in the world. It's amazing. And the Ramban is saying, that is what the purpose of the Yitziras. Forget about Yitzira. The purpose of yitziras is to know that there's a God. How do we know there's a God in the world? How do I know what my kabban, what my purpose is, that I should know about him and that I should thank him? That's from Yitzias Mitzrayim. Yitzias Mitzrayim understand this well. Yitzias Mitzrayim taught mankind that God exists. Before that, guesswork. Yitzias Mitzrayim proved to the world who suddenly saw nature being overridden. Think about what happened. I mean, just use your brain for a minute to understand what happened. Oceans split. What does that mean, ocean split? You have an ocean and all of a sudden it's split. Now in the world of science fiction and Hollywood, maybe it's not such a, a big deal. But in reality, if you were standing by an ocean and it's split, I think that would be pretty impressive. I think that would prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's a God in the world. I think if you saw Dom. In every, in the Yar, after Moshe Rabbe power from Hashem that it's going to happen, I think that's pretty impressive. And Tzvardea, and Kinim and Arvind, and Makis Ch- Cheshef, and, and Makas Pachayres, every firstborn, look at Hashkocha Proptis, every firstborn Egyptian died, whether they were in Egypt or out of Egypt. And every person that was a firstborn that was out of Egypt, that happened to be in Egypt that night, died. They figured out if, if people were mamzeerim or not through makis Bukharis. People thought they were firstborns, all of a sudden they weren't dead, you know, but some other child, you know, all of a sudden, like, you realize, wait a minute, I'm not the b'chair? Things were happening. There was a God in the world. God was able to determine everything. Bechlalah, Befrat, V'yadatim hashem. this was an explosion of revelation that there's a God in the world. And Akhenash Baruch is not going to repeat that again, so listen carefully the first time. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is a night that we're able to understand it clearly. We see it with our own eyes. We ourselves are nigo every single lel We see it with our eyes. And if we're able to see it with our eyes, then we're able to get the emunah to last us through every day of the year because we're able to understand that everything happens because there's a rabbinic shem in the world. There's hashkacha klolis, there's hashkacha prafis. Min anisim and for some, as the Ramban writes, and the great, these great cataclysmic nisim teach us that everything happens with the rabbinic shem's design. Everything if you believe in Kriyas Yamsev, you can't believe that you know. If you slip on the ice, then, then that, that wasn't because the Rebbeinu Shlom wanted it that way. That we can't understand. We could believe in Yitzhak, but not 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 the small stuff. If you believe in the big stuff, you got to believe in the small stuff. If you believe in the small stuff, now you have a life because now you're able to to have such a purpose. My purpose is to recognize the rabbinic and to thank him for everything. For the good stuff and the bad. Not just the, not just the good stuff, but the bad stuff. When bad stuff happens to people, you have to thank him for it. Because it really was for a purpose. I don't have to tell you a million stories to get you to, to understand this, but so many times you know, people thought that this was going to be a horrible thing, and it ends up being the biggest pracha in the world, either because it led to a greater opportunity or sometimes because it avoided a tremendous tzara. But this happens all the time. I mean, I, it's, it's, I don't have to tell you stories right now of all the... It, we know it. I think we know how often it happens, hashkacha pratis, how great it is to have a Rabbi that loves us so much, that cares for us, and that sometimes gives us a patch. And sometimes the patches, because he wants to get us on the straight and narrow path. Sometimes the patches to avoid a bigger patch. But isn't it great to live in a world that there's a rabbinic shalom? Imagine if we wouldn't have a rabbinic shalom in our life. Imagine if we wouldn't have a seder night. Imagine if we were just Stama, a person that was not a Maimon. Imagine. Who do you blame? Who do you acknowledge? Who do you pin your hopes on? What am I doing? I'm living, I eat cereal in the morning, and then I eat pizza for lunch, and I, I eat a burger for dinner, I go to sleep, and then repeat the same thing the next day. I go to my job. For what? What are you doing? A yid has purpose in life. I'm acknowledging by waking up, I say, I wash negel I make brichashakhar, I go to I give a daf. I, I go to a daf. I I, I learn, I, I dive into the bench and put on my film, put on my my talis, say Kriyashma, say shman astray, say the shir shawyaim, I start my day, learn a little bit, go to work with Shaym Shamayim. Eat lunch. Before I eat lunch, I make a bracha when I when I finish, I bench. She-yayda v'yayda, she-yayda v'yayda. I know that there's a revenge in the world. I'm acknowledging his presence day after day. Mincha in the office, most beautiful thing in the world. There's Mincha minyanim all over the world in offices. You stop your business meetings, you stop your your, your, your tax returns, you stop whatever you're doing, you stop your surgery, and you, uh, I don't know if you stop your surgery, but you go and you die in Mincha. What's that saying? It's saying that this is why I'm here. I'm not at work to eat. So that I could put food on the table. Of course that's important also. I'm going to work so that I could bring my children up to acknowledge that there's a Shem in the world. I could send my children to Yeshiva. I could buy kosher food. I could buy a pair of children for my son. I can buy those macaroons and those matzahs and the marer. That's why I'm going to work. Sheyeda, that I know that there is a the Shalom and I thank him. That's why I'm here. That's the answer to Einstein's big problem. Why he started the universe? Sheyeda v'sheyeda. And once you know the answer, and then I would know the purpose of my life. I know the purpose of my life. This is the purpose of my life. I'm supposed to know that there's a Rabbi Shalom in the world. That's why he created me. And then I'm supposed to thank him and acknowledge him and spread this message to the world that there's a God. Don't worry. Everything is for a purpose, good and bad. When you have that knowledge, you are so empowered to begin your life anew. I'm your creature. You're a brand new creature. I didn't get it until now, but now I get it because you show me through Yitzhias Mishraim how everything is you. To proclaim once and for all, I am your breath. If a person would come into this world to once say, Bria I am your creature, it was Kedaya's whole Bria. Everything was worthwhile. For one time. To one time say to the Rabbani I have a munah in you. I believe in you. You exist. You created me. You give me purpose in life. Whatever I'm doing is for you. And I thank you for the opportunity to serve you. And I thank you that you're guiding me in every step of the way. Whatever happens is all because you have determined that this is the best thing for me. That amuna could be so satisfying that a person would never be sad in life if he would really get the message of Yedatam Ki'ani Hashem, of Echad m'yaydea. That cosmic, global question of Echad why did Hashem create the world, and why did He create me in the world, that's the question that begs and answers Seder night, because Seder night is the only night that could get that answer straight, clear, pure, to the point that you will never forget it. I wanted to just elaborate a few minutes. Some of in the Haggadah that really point to this. Because the Haggadah, you're going to maybe think that, well, I don't, I don't really see that in the Haggadah. If that's really the point, then why aren't we giving like a discovery, you know, an H discovery thing at night, where, you know, if we really want to prove God's existence? If you look carefully at the Haggadah, you find that this is really what the Haggadah is saying. You know, most of the Haggadah is darshaning sukin, And you'd think that the obvious place that the Haggadah, the Baal Haggadah would choose as, as the Maramakaymah sheet to really delve into the story of Yitzhia Mitzrayim would be the parashius and shemais, That's the. Isn't that the main source? Wouldn't that be the main source on the source sheet? If you don't find those psukim, I don't think you find them at all mentioned in the Haggadah. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe that there, you know, obviously there's a few here and there, but like as a, you don't use that as the basis of the Haggadah. What's the basis of the Haggadah? What is the basis of the Haggadah? What is the main source that everything is darshan from? All of the medrashim and everything are coming from the darshaning of the psukim of parshas Bikurim. Bikurim is all the way at the end of the Torah, parshas Kisavai, and we darshan Arami Yehi Rabbi Ve'el Mitzrayim Sham Shem Seim Maat Ve'Yisham Lugai Gadol Atzmarav. Every word is is parsed. Every word is dissected. Every word is darshan. Most of that is that is that Parsha Bikurim. All the drushes Ve'yanuno and Ve'Nitzak El Hashem. That all comes from Parshas Ki Nothing Shemais, no Be'erin, no Beis, no Just Parshas Bikurim. Why? Because what is Bikurim? Bikurim is a farmer, plants his fruit, plants his crop, his shivaminim, and he works really hard. He plants seeds, he invests a lot of money to plant those seeds, he hires workers, he's tilling the soil, and he's watering, and he's irrigating, and finally, he gets something growing. You know the satisfaction of that growth when you finally see the fruits of your labor, literally, and you want to do what? You want to taste it. I want to taste that grape that I put a million dollars into this farm to get. The Rabbi Shab says no. You take those grapes, you take those figs, take the pomegranates, and you go, put it in a basket, bring it to the kayane, and present it, and then do mikra bikurim. Make this public declaration of thanksgiving to the Rabbi Shram. Starting all the way from Aram Avi and then he took us to this land, but you described the whole in a nutshell, you'd up until this point, and now I thank you. I'm giving you my first fruits. Thank you. Is there a greater manifestation of That I acknowledge that you exist and I thank you more than Mikrabikuram. There is no greater there is no greater thing than that. In fact, the Medrash says at the beginning of the Torah, the first one of the first Medrash from Berechias Rabbah, Berechias Baralekim, Bishvil Hatira Shnicharachias, Bishvil Yisrael Shnicharachias, and Bishvil Bikurim Shnicharachias. That Rashi didn't say. Rashi did say Yisrael and Torah and Chumash, but he doesn't say Bikurim. But if you look in the Medrash, it brings Bikurim. For Bikurim, the entire world was created. Why? Because you know why the Torah, why the world was created. The Ramban tells us. The world was created quite simply, sheyeda v'sheyeda. That I should know that there's a God and I should thank Him. That's Bikurim. And so, if you read between the lines of the Haggadah, and I am reading between the lines, but if you understand, if you're in touch and in tune with what's going on in the Haggadah, we're darshing biyon godel the Parsha Bikurim because it's supposed to fill ourselves up with hakaris hataytz the Rebbeinu Shem sheyeda that's Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. Thank you. Thank you. You're here. You took us out of Mitzrayim. Here we are in Eretz Yisrael in, in America, and we are acknowledging that you exist. And we're thanking you for everything big and small. That's Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. That's why the Parashal Bikurim is so pivotal in the narrative of the Haggadah, because it's all about the Bikurim. It's all about thanking you. It's all about saying the Shem Ramban says, Ramban says, and then he says, You don't have a chalik in Tiresh. Don't think that you're from without knowing this. He says, you don't have a chalik in Tiresh. You know what that means? If Ramban is saying this. You have no sheiches to Chumash. You have no sheiches to the Tireh if you don't believe this. Don't think that because you're doing all of the traditional mitzvahs that you have a sheiches to the teres. You only have a sheiches to the if you believe in what I'm saying, says Ramban until you believe that everything that happens to us, everything, they're all miracles. There is no no such thing as coincidence. There's no such thing as happenstance. There's no such thing as nature. It's all the Rabbi shalom. Don't think, well, nature is... The Meshachach says that there is no more constant miracle than nature. Nature is nothing more than a constant miracle, but it's a miracle. You have to believe that. You go out, you see an ocean, you see a tree, you see a flower, you see a bird. That's not nature. It's not mother nature. Mother nature is just a, a, a theoretical way of, of trying to bring God, take God out of the equation. So we call it mother nature. God is nature. Everything in nature is the hand of the rabbinous shalom, expressed through beautiful things of nature, but everything is. There's no such thing as it just happened naturally. That's kira. Uh, coincidentally, that's kira. It, it just happened, No, 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 no. Nothing happened by random. Everything happens for a reason. If you don't believe that, Ramban says you have no chelah for teres You know, I'm sorry. You, you're not. You're, you're not a car carrying member of yourself. You don't believe this. If we look a little further in the in the Ram, in, in the Haggadah it says At this point in the Haggadah I always start I think I don't know maybe I'm the only one in the world but at this point, this is always like the decline of the Haggadah at that point because at this point is when like you know I think everybody starts racing through it to get the Shulchan Aruf, and there's a reason why that happens, because, um, first of all, it's generally late, I guess, by then, but also because it's sort of like a very, at this, it's it's like it's such a hard paragraph to understand. Darshing Verov from that, from the Bikurim. Verov k'meshenema, we were many, as it says, revava You made us many like like the grass of uh, of uh, of the earth. The grass of the fields and then it becomes you can't even translate this in front of young children becomes like uh speaks of the area you weren't clothed and uh, a, it, very graphic you know descriptions of khal describing us as the gra- growing like the grass of the field and like sort of it gets very convoluted almost and then you just start rushing through the rest what is this what's the significance of Rob commission Emer? Rebava ketzema in the saticha. You know what the, the significance I, I think is that Klai Yisrael was nimshel like to grass. Grass is a very, very significant thing in the world. You know why? Because the Taira says right after Maisa the Taira says that the chalcia chasadah terem yeh ba'aretz, the chaleisa chasadah terem yitzmach himter. Rain did not fall. All the grass was sort of at the edge of the soil, the tip of the soil, waiting to burst through the soil, but it didn't come, because Hashem didn't yet send rain. Ki adam ayin as es There was no man to lavid. And Rashi understands lavin means like tefillah. That until man came to Davin, to the rabbinu shalom, there was no purpose. The grass didn't grow yet. Rashi says, "Why did rain not come?" No one was here to acknowledge the beauty of rain. What a gift rain is! I once saw a story from a Victor Miller. You know, once you know, sometimes you're walking outside, you're walking home from shore, maybe, and all of a sudden it starts pouring, torrential rains. What do you do? You start running home. You run under shelter. You know, you you know, you take, you, you try to find an awning to stand under under until it stops. You run into a building like it. You know, you just want to get home. So Ravigna Miller was walking with Revd. Miller was known to like be madly in love with God, and he saw God in everything, in in an apple seed, and he would, he he just had such a such a muna in everything. And he was like walking in the rain normally, like as if he was even slowed down his pace. And they asked him, you know, Zayd, like, oh, come on, it's raining. He says, the rabbinic sending down buckets of, of Gishmei Bracha. He says, Gishmei Bracha, without rain, we wouldn't have anything. We'd have no vegetables, we'd have no fruit, we'd have, we'd have no, no water to drink. Why would I want to, like, like, deny the Rabbi Shalom his due? Why would I make it into like a bad thing? It's a a beautiful thing, Rain. Until man came along, no one could say this. There was no Evigdem Miller in the world to say this. So Akadoshparcha waited to send Rain until an Adam came along who could acknowledge his existence, who could thank him for all that he does. And once he came and and acknowledged it, he davened. The suddenly all nature started coming to the fore. I think that's what the point of the Al is saying at this point. As the Paslik says, You claw Yisrael, you're like you're like you're like the, the grass that's coming through the earth. Because the grass the first grass only came about once there was tefillah. An acknowledgement that there's a rabbinic Shalom in the world. That's what Klai Yisrael became. Klai Yisrael became the instruments of the rabbinic in the world to acknowledge, to say, That's what grass is. When you look at grass, you should see this is what HaKadosh waited for man to come and acknowledge that he exists and thank him for it. And then the grass started growing. That's what Klai Yisrael became. Revovah katsemeh You made us like the grass. You made us the instruments to scream to the world, to declare to the world, amzu yatsartili ti I created this nation, says God, so that I should give, they should give forth my praise. That's Revovah katsemeh And then what's the culmination of Magid? Hallow. Seder and I, we say Hallow. Why? Because that's our purpose. That's the whole Seder night. It's Bikurim. It's Rebobo It's Hallel. Where do we say Hallel, by the way, on Seder night? Many people have the Minig not just to say it at home. They say it where? In Shul. Isn't that a strange thing? It's a strange thing to say Hallel in Shul. It's strange to say it at night altogether. It's the only time near we say Hallel at night, but that's a different problem. But to say it in Shul... And there's Masecha Seifrim that says to do it, and it's different than Hagim, to so yes say it, to not say it. But I think according to the Ramban, it's very Gishma. The Ramban told us that the purpose of the Bria, the purpose of Kla Yisrael, the purpose of the Yitzira, we have no other kavana. we have no other kavana of the Bria, of the Yitzira, but to know Hashem exists, to thank Him, and that's the purpose of what? Of Rahim Masechayel, and feel Vavate Knesia to get together and say, and that's howl and shul, Seder night. We don't want to miss that part of emunah. We don't want to miss that part of understanding why we're here. So we dive in, we, we can't even contain ourselves. We have to first hop a howl and shul, together with a whole seaboard, together to say to the rabbinic shalom, this is what Seder night is. Seder night is basically checking off all the boxes of this Ramban at the, the slave Parashas Pahit all the misses halayla feel abaram tasayl but what can they is that's say night that's the answer to the main question of the night the the Of khammi yaida akhir aniya ida akhir wa tin shaba shmayn wa ardh eb Used to say a story, a mushal says once upon a time, there was a, a person, a gavir, a very wealthy individual who bought a very, very hush of a horse, like a, one of these stallions, you know, a very rare breed from from Egypt, like very hush of a horse, and you know racing horses could sometimes go for a million dollars, two million dollars easy and he wanted very much to protect this horse. He buys an investment, invests in such a, an animal, he wants to make sure that nobody steals it, it doesn't run away. So he built a state of the art stable with all the security systems that would be needed to keep the animal in and the locks and the gates. But he still wasn't satisfied. He was still so neurotic and so concerned that someday this horse is gonna get out of the, uh, out of the stable. So he hired a guard for this horse. On top of all the security measures, he also hired a guard, security guard. And the security guard was a very nice guy, and he, when he hired him, he says, listen, I have a very hush of a horse in the stable. I'm hiring you to do one thing to make sure that the horse stays in the stable, that doesn't run away. You think you're up to the task. He says, I'm going to try. He says, try to be a little bit more, a little more conviction. I don't want to hear from you. He says, okay, I think I'm really going to be able to do it. He says, okay, good enough. He says, how do I know that you're not going to fall asleep at night? He says, I'm going to try. He says, no, no, no. You can't fall asleep at night. Because if you fall asleep at night, then somebody will break in and take my horse. He says, this is the 8 i I'm going to give you a, uh, I'm going to ask you to think of very deep philosophical questions. And. You know, you'll think about it, and that it's going to keep you up at night so that you don't fall asleep. He says, okay, I'll, I'm going to do that. So the gavier, sort of satisfied, goes back to his house next door to the stable, and he's trying to fall asleep at night, but he just doesn't really trust that the guard is, 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 is up. He thinks he's probably sleeping, and he's imagining his horse running away. So he gets out of his pajamas, he puts on his clothing, he, he, he runs down to the stable... And sure enough, the guard was still up. And he says, uh, what's keeping you up? you have a, a question that you're dealing with? He says, yeah. He says, what's your question? He says, you know, when you, when you bang a, a nail into a piece of wood, he says, there was wood that the nail was going into, but what happens to that wood? Now it's just a hole. Where was all that wood that was being broken through by the hole? And that's what's keeping me up at night. I, I, I'm trying to really to think about this problem. So the Gavir says, oh, very good, excellent, keep it up, keep thinking about it, it's a good problem, good. He goes back to his, uh, his, his bed, and then he's still up, he, he still thinks that the guy's falling asleep. Comes back, he says, are you still up? He says, yeah, are you still thinking about that problem? He says, no, 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 I, I'm thinking about a different problem. He says, what's a different problem? different problem is when, when they make like a, a bagel, he says there's that hole in the middle uh, what, what happened to that, the dough that was supposed to be in that hole? Like, where did that go? He says, that, that's what's keeping you up? He says, yeah. He says, okay, fine. That's good. Good problem. Keep it up. Thinking about that bagel, just don't stop. He goes back to sleep. He goes back to his thing, and he's sort of falling asleep, but he's still nervous. And he comes back, and the guard is Baruch Hashem still up. And he says to him, you're still thinking about a, a, a problem? He says, yeah. He says, okay, let's hear what's your new problem. He says, well, I, I sort of resolved the nail problem and I resolved the hole in the bagel problem. He says, but then I started thinking about another problem. He says, this Gevir, who I'm working for, he built a state-of-the-art stable with all the security measures, he even hired me as a security guard, and I don't know where the horse is. The horse is gone, and that's what's keeping me up. Reb Simcha Buna used to use this muscle about our life used to say that we have everything, we're doing everything for the rabbinic shalom. We hired, you know, we built the stable, we put locks on the stable, we, have, we hired guards, we sent our kids to yeshiva, we bought the matzah, we got the the, the the wine, we got the myrrh, we're grinding it, it's going to cause tears in our eyes, uh, we got the haggadahs ready for Pesach, we're all ready to go. There's only one thing missing, the horse is missing. The Amuna Bashem ba is missing. People go through starim and they're able to ask all the four questions and put and throw the ping pong balls around by Barod and put on you know frog hats or whatever. But the amuna is missing. It's amazing. We put thousands of dollars into the Seder night, whether you're at home or in a hotel, and at the end of the night the horse is gone. The main thing, the ikr khasim in a safer, we don't walk away. That Amuna Pshuta escaped. Somehow is able to escape. And we have to go through a whole nother year without having that dose of amuna. That viadatim, that echemiaidea, is missing. Because we're lacking that basic amuna. That's our job on Seder night. Our Seder night job is to be able to really just speak about the Rabbeinu Shalom the Geh Rebbe used to say means that the more you talk the more you believe if you don't talk about emuna, if you don't speak about the fact that there's a rabbi Shalom then it's very easy to forget that there's a rabbi Shalom but if you bring the rabbi Shalom into your life then there's a rabbi Shalom in the world the Kutsky used to say, you know where God is found? God is found wherever you let him in. If you, if you let him into your life, he's there. If you shut him out of your life, he's not there. Obviously, he's always here, but he's not here for you. Seder night is the legacy of the Adatim Ki and in the purest form. emuna Pshuta, simple Pashuta emuna. What I would Give to be a water carrier in 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 Warsaw in in, in the 1800s. The amuna that they had was so great that I don't think any you know any big Rosh shiva has today. They had, they they just lived with the rabbi nesharim. They had horrible conditions, living conditions. They didn't have cars. They didn't have air condition. They didn't have heaters. They didn't have they didn't have money in the bank. They didn't have welfare. They didn't have social security. They didn't have insurance. They, they you know if something if they got sick that was it. there, there, was, no, there was no yeshua. If they lose their job, that was it. But they had such a moon on the Shalom. They lived with the Shalom. They had such a pshutah. Where did they get it from? They got it from Seder night. They were able to sit around eating matzahs, whether it was in in a in a ghetto, whether it was in a concentration camp barrack, whether it was in uh in some camp in uh, you know in, in one of the uh the Middle Eastern countries where where Many Jews have to live in, in squalor and many periods of of history. But they had such a munapshuta. they believed in this. We also believe, but we we believe in on like a very intellectual type of way. You know, we have to have we have, we need discovery programs to believe. We need to to see the, the big letters in, in, in the Asaras Bineham in order to believe in God. They believed in God just because they understood implicitly that God exists. They understood the Ramban. They knew this Ramban backwards and forwards. They knew it by heart, but not just because they memorized it. They lived it. They understood that. Sheyayda v'sheyayda, just to know and to... That's why I'm here. You, 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 you wake up a, a, an old Jew in the middle of the night and you ask him, Echad miyeidea? Echad Echad That's what they'll answer you. Because that's what it is. That's their life. Their life was just simply living with their Rabbi Yishlam in good times and in bad times, with the purest of belief that whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu does, Gamzu Lataiba, called the other Rahman on the top of it. There is no happier people than those people that believe that. We could have that happiness also. But it starts on Leila there When we have chayras from Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim are the Mitzarim, all of the. All of the distress that we have, the stress that we have in our life, you know how off the charts the stress is? We're so stressed out over everything about our, our grades in college and about our, our MCAT scores and, and if we're going to get accepted to our graduate program, if we're going to get that job that we wanted, if we're going to get the promotion, if we're going to be able to find the shit off, if we're going to find the shit up for our girls, for our boys, for our this, for our that. We're so stressed out. And everything is tension. Everything is stress. We're so nervous. Half the country is on. Is, is you know needs to uh, either you know take medication for their stress, or they have to go to you know yoga and, and, and meditation and whatever. They don't need that necessarily. All they need to know is Adatim kenny Hashem. If you really believe that there's a God who is causing everything, and no matter what happens, it's for the good. Wouldn't life be amazing if we really had that emuna? Well, Lela Seder gives us the Yitzya from these Mitzrayim. It's the Yitzya Mitzrayim. It's getting us out of all the tension. The greatest stress breaker in the history of the world was Yitzya Mitzrayim. It showed us that there's a God. It showed us that God runs the big things and the small things, the good things and the bad things. And that's the greatest answer to your to your to your question. And that's why the whole Seder, the whole Lela Seder, is Sheila Chuba. Sheila Chuba. You know why? Because to answer that one question at the end of the Seder, sometimes you need to ask a lot of other questions about the Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. Once you get Yitzhiz Mitzrayim straight, and it's real, and you see your father really living it and believing it, and passionate about it, and giving over it with all of his... <maraganda nói> with halal, with kol, with besakneses, with yayimu fanecha b'yasecha. Once you have that... Obvious after my day. Hashem, we should be zeicha to have a wonderful Yantif. It was, a, I think, it was a, a great zman. Um, the fact that so many of you are still here till the uh, till the end is, is really incredible, and I, I'm grateful that you're here, and I'm grateful that to have you as talmidim. And I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful that the Rabbeinu will take us out of the scholars soon because we need it. There are a lot of Tsaris and Klai There are a lot of people that need Yeshuas and Rufuis and, and rachme shamayim. There are people that need Shidduchem. There are people that need Parnassah. There are people that need Rafus And only the Rabbeinu Shalom could really bring that about. Only Mashiach coming will really bring... The Yeshua that's so really necessary right now in our dar. And so we dive into the rabbi Hashem, we praise him and we dive in at the same time. But nitzak Hashem. Hasidishes farm say that when you get to that part part of the agada, banitzak Hashem, you should cry to Hashem for whatever you need and whatever you Yisrael needs. Others say that at the beginning of Manishtana in the fine print in many Haggadah, it says the kana ben shayah. Here is where the son asks the manistana. But the Hasidic ben means that here is where B'nai Yisrael, the Ben, asks Avinash Sheba Shamayim whatever we need. This is a night of Amunah, it's a night of Tefillah, it's a night of HaHalal, Vaidah, it's a night of Sheyeda, Vishayeda. And the greatest thing that we should be asking the Rabbi Sha'il and before Pesach starts, in these last few hours, before the before say there is, that we should be Zeicha, Lechom, and Azvachim, and Apsachim. That this year, we should be Zeicha to be near Shalayim HaBinuyah. The Revenisham should bring Mashiach zakeno, and he should be Ga, Laishano, Me'abdus, Lechairus. All that plagues us, all of our problems, all of our stresses, should be relieved through the Adatim Kini Hashem, and Emir Tashem. We should be Zeicha to really fully appreciate the idea of Hashem, the Bias Gayel Tzedek. M'hera b'yameno, amen, b'amen. Have a wonderful yam.